Pew Research. Pew, pew, pew. Yeah, who who does, you know, tons of, of research studies. Um, they found that over half of Americans have communicated, they believe, with deceased loved ones. And if you're religious, you are more than likely to be one of the ones who say that because you're religious. You know, the more religious you are, mm-hmm. the more weird you are. Well, there's three people in the room, so be careful that you're not making fun of one of us. Are you making fun of me? This week, we're going back to look at the ideas of forgiveness again. We're going back to a verse that we looked at three, four weeks ago where Jesus says, pay attention to yourselves. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him. If he repents, forgive him. Jesus says, pay attention to yourself. Because normally when we get hurt, we're paying attention to the other person and what they've done because it is so easy to be more resentful than we realize. God calls us to identify with the wrongdoer in the sense of understanding we are both sinful. If we don't see that we ourselves are sinful, then resentment can defile us, it can twist us. We need to be those who begin to inwardly pay the debt, not wanting to exact vengeance, not wanting to pay them back for the same thing they've done to us, but reaching out in such a way that we begin to inwardly pay down what we think they owe us. Uh, You don't abandon justice, and you don't also have to immediately trust. Forgiveness does not mean that I'm trusting you, but it does mean I'm paying down that debt in my heart because I don't want to extract vengeance. Also, forgiveness is then coming along and wanting, willing the good for that wrongdoer. And I'm going to round out the message talking about kind of Joseph's story and what he did. Cause if you look at his responses to his brothers begging for forgiveness at the end of his life, you really see that Joseph paid attention to his own feelings and then kept going back to the vertical pointing back to God. You know, this is what God is doing. And that is how he came to the place of forgiveness, realizing what God first did. I can tell you wrote notes cause you like <laughs> walked through the message <laughs> bullet by bullet where usually you're just all over the place so well it's 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 a week and a half out i gotta, I gotta no, look it's at fine. It. no it's good can i ask what does it mean willing forgiveness is willing the good of the wrongdoer what does willing mean in that it, I, it means when our hearts can stop wanting to get vengeance and we will we we actively seek to begin to pray for that person so that their good would come about, that they would come to a place of repentance, that they would understand what Christ has done for them. And I think that's what we should all will for people who who hurt us. We want them to know the good, not just know our vengeance, but know the good. That's healing for the person that has been sinned against as well, because that's ridding yourself of that bitterness, that desire for vengeance. To move ourselves to will the good for someone else, it takes time and it takes that God doing that work in your heart of seeing yourself of where you've hurt others, which I think that's why last week is good because, you know, last week is repentance when I've hurt somebody, when I've done this, you know, where, where do I move to understanding God's mercy? I just think, you know, after, after 10 weeks of this, you see all the stuff that God has done and it, and it sometimes it, it still just feels so foreign. Forgiveness is not natural to us in our fallen state. And it's, it's not easy when, when I get hurt or offended or someone doesn't understand me or something I'm trying to say and they react poorly. It's like, 
my heart doesn't want to let it go until I feel like they have done enough to appease me. Like I'm God and I'm not, but it's many times I feel like it's never, they could say all the words I want them to say, and I'm still just angry and understanding God's mercy should then move us to understand that a perpetrator is, is sinful and you, you hate the evil that they do, the evil in the person, but that might move you to a place where you don't have, you don't hate the person. You hate the evil that's there, that has grabbed a hold of their heart. And so willing the good is wanting them to come back to a place of restoration with Jesus himself. And going back to the first point, the identifying with the wrongdoer that yep. we need forgiveness, we need mercy, we've jacked up. Right. The identifying with the wrongdoer doesn't mean that it's like, oh, you know, you murdered five people. I need to identify with that. I should go murder five people. <laughs> no, it's it's identifying in the state of sinfulness that we all are. And without the grace of God, we can easily be there. And I just find it's hard to forgive in real time. So I have a family issue too that's just ongoing. And I want to stick my head in the sand and pretend it doesn't exist and until it flares up over on my text messaging. But I don't know, it's hard it's hard for me in the real time of it. The the ongoing because either I just want to ignore it or I'm like, well, I leave you to your own sin. Have fun. You know what I mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. mm. Well, I think you get to a place where you're like, oh, I think I, I think I'm good. I think I've, you know, started on this forgiveness pathway and then something else happens and it just brings everything back up again. It's like, oh, dang it. I didn't. Well, it's that. And it's just, it's when there's just this ongoing wave of wave after wave after wave, you know, it's not, it, it's easier for me to conceptualize something that happened in the past or once or a couple of times, but to give it like an entire person for like just what is yet to come. being broke. Yeah. Being <laughs> broken and knowing that they need help. I guess it goes back to that willing and that's maybe that's why it stood out is, is I do, I do want the best for other, somebody else. I guess I don't care if it doesn't bother me. And so it's a selfish, like just leave me alone, <laughs> get better. And so that's not really willing, willing the best for them, but well, but maybe it is. Maybe, you know, there's a thing of where you're you're praying for them, but you have to set the boundary in it and say, you have destroyed this relationship and this family too many times. And until there is a repentance, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for the good. I want the best for you. But yet there needs to be a boundary around my family. We would never be able to forgive unless... Jesus changes our hearts and puts us in a place where we can, because I always stress out, you know, I stress out about everything and, you know, like the, it's like, um, what is that test anxiety? Like, okay, I have to forgive him now. So, okay, done. But it's like, it's not that it's a process of, of inviting Jesus into the process, even though he should be there in the first place. And then him, working through you and changing you and you allowing that wanting to change. I feel like what we're talking about is very lofty. It's very heady. And so for the regular church person who's not like this major theologian, what does this process look like? Do you have anybody in mind that maybe you're irritated with or you got to I sure do. Okay. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so as, as you think about that, 
relationship, you probably have a ton of things in your mind of if they would only do this and this and this, it would make it better. Make you feel better. Their life would Mm. get better. Okay. Yes. In that, what if they never did those things? Do you think God's mercy is greater than that? Oh, sure. And if it is, then how would you display God's mercy to them by your actions towards them? I don't want to. Just kidding. <laughs> well, sometimes that's the problem, right? No, I do want to. And I, and I want to get to a place where I feel like I'm doing that truly. But What does it look like then as his ambassador, his priest, to that person for them to actually understand what the grace and the mercy of God looks like? Not that we set truth aside. Not that we, because many times, you know, part of that whole forgiveness process is rebuking, which is speaking the truth into the situation. But we do it in a way that also says, I love you in the midst of this. So what does it look like, you know, for Jesus when he says, go and sin no more, but I'm also not here condemning you. I'm calling you to something greater. How do you do that in that situation right now where you're irritated at somebody? That remains to be seen, but I like what you're saying. I mean, I understand what you're saying, and I think that's something people can hold on to. When I was discussing this with Eric, our situation that we're going through right now with family, he he was of the opinion, like, I want to hear that they understand what they did was wrong. I was actually acting like the person that was forgiving and forgetting. I'm like, I don't know that we need to like list things out. And, but listening to you, it sounds like that would be helpful to show them. Here's what I perceive. Here's how I was sinned against. And we right, because real repentance grow. is going to acknowledge that for you. Real repentance is going to acknowledge the sin against God and the sin against others. And only in that, well, I think maybe we begin to recognize so we don't do it the next time. And I think it's also very important to know that we don't have to just move on and act like nothing happened with that person, because I can't tell you how many times I hear that. That's not what we were called to. And understanding that we have all violated what God has said, and then he still offers us his grace and forgiveness. That is what completely will change us. Well, so in in the Joseph narrative, right, the three things we talk about in there are that we need enough humility to forgive And then we need enough joy to forgive. And then we must be those who learn to repay, like Joseph, evil with good. Because God has given us good in the place of our evil. So, I mean, maybe maybe a good question is, you know, what is, how does joy look in the midst of forgiveness? You know, what, how do we live in love and joy so when something happens, forgiveness kind of becomes more natural? I think you're, if you're joyful... It doesn't rock your world so much, right? It's not that you're excusing it. If you're actually looking at yourself first, you realize how sinful you are and what Jesus has done for you. It doesn't surprise you. And so you're able to stay in that joy and almost be an observer of that. Isn't some of this um, like people's personality traits? Do, does that play a part in it? No, I think that's that, that some people are more introspective and some people have a tendency to not introspect as much. And I think that that can add to some of that, but that's why joy isn't happiness. You know, joy is that deep pervasive remembrance of what God has done. 
that even in the midst of our hardships, we keep going back to that because we have a joy. No matter what comes into our lives, we have a joy that cannot be taken away from us. And when we live and walk in that joy, it will lead us to places where little slights from people don't hurt as much. Well, and when your motivation is to please God. So if we are driven by our love for Jesus, then it should be like a privilege almost Mm -hmm. to forgive and to be able to show that to somebody else. In in the message, you talk about how the true, our true enemy is the evil in the person, not the person, and that we should determine ourselves to pray for them. What can groups do to help foster that without kind of gossiping or going into every situation all the time? How do we help reorient focus back to the true enemy and prayer? One of the questions we can ask people when they're in the midst of anger and unforgiveness is what do you want to see happen? Like, so perfect world, right? What happens with this person? What, what do they do? And maybe that might help the person who's being unforgiving to realize that they're being unreasonable for one, that they're not understanding God's grace that's first been extended to them. And also maybe giving a little bit of a love in their heart back towards this other person. I think being a community that can continually steer steer one another back to who God is and what he has done as we, you know, speak the gospel to one another is is key to all this. It's it's not gonna change as many times you scroll through that thing. And oh there's nothing gonna pop out. <laughs> all right. Forty minutes in, we're done. Okay. Thanks everybody.